I've, I've kind of had a very busy week trying to look for a new house for my family. Fortunately, my landlord said yesterday that, oh, why do you actually have to move? You can still stay here. So we don't have to, act to pay for a new place. We'll just stay at the same place. And I, I believe... Yeah. I believe we would be happy there. So that's the good news. I want to thank the Lord for this opportunity to speak to you this morning. Uh, I, I, I take it as an honor anytime I, I get the opportunity to speak to God's people. And I want to thank the leadership of the church for this opportunity as well. So for the past four weeks, we've been looking at the value of integrity, how important integrity is. And I think I am... Quite lucky to be the guy doing the summary of all the things that we've done this for you. Because I, a good foundation has been laid down for me, and I also get to steal other people's points, <laughs> which, which I think it's cool. I believe that this morning God has a word for us. It's, it's, for this whole week, I've been, I've been praying and believing that God would just speak to me as a vessel this morning. And I believe that we would be blessed this morning. So we pray. Our Lord and Master Jesus, this morning we thank you. We bless your name because anytime you gather us before you, you have a word for us. Anytime we come before your presence, there's a particular word, there's a particular word that meets a particular need. Father, we, we ask that your word will have its way this morning and you speak to that need this morning. In Jesus' name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. So we've been discussing the value of integrity for the past four weeks, and our main verse has been Psalm, Psalm 24, verse 3 to 4. Pastor Seth began with the first part, which was on the, on the, on the title, He Who Has Clean Hands. He highlighted that as children of God, we need to vet and check our actions and our deeds to find out if it pleases God and also to find out how these actions affect the people around us. I believe that the second part which talks about how our actions affect the people around us is something that the world around us kind of look up to us for as children of God. Most of the time I find that the moment you, you claim yourself as a Christian, the world has a particular expectation. They are looking out for something different. I find that in, in our office, when, 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 when they saw my, my page on uh, Facebook, like, oh, Minister Ibi, oh, I, blah, blah, blah. All these things, like all these big expectations. Everyone has their own beliefs. But I think there's something about being a Christian, about being a child of God, that when you tell people that you are a Christian, they have this particular expectation. They are looking out for something. They are looking out for... I, I, I don't see it as something, but they are looking out for the light. Because the Bible says we are the light of the world, and we are the salt of the world. So they are looking for that particular light in us, which I, I thought was a very great word. Last two weeks, Phil spoke to us about a pure heart and mentioned that a pure heart 
it's not something we can create by ourselves. It's not something we can manufacture by ourselves, but it's something that is a gift that God gives to us. And the only thing we need to do is to ask him for a clean heart. And I, the, 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 the song of King David said, create in me a clean heart so that I may worship you. And then it, it, it made me think that a clean heart or all the things that we are talking about is kind of like a passport or a password says, create in me this clean heart. Give me this clean heart so that when I enter into the throne room of heaven, when, when, when I, okay, I, I am the type of person who kind of pictures things. So imagine like you've, you are entering into this, this the throne room of heaven and that there's a, a giant angel asking you, what's the password? And then David said, a clean heart. This is my password. This is, this is what gives me access into the throne room of, of God. So I, I, I also said it's similar to having a certificate, marriage certificate, university certificate, training certificate. That's that I am qualified to go before God because of this clean heart that God himself has given to us. Last week, Pastor Self spoke to us on the topic, lifting up our souls to an idol. And I love the definition he gave to idol as anything that takes our attention, our time, our energy, especially our praise from God. So anything that kind of takes your attention. I remember some few years ago, when I woke up in the morning, because Facebook and all this Instagram was new to me. So, so, so when I wake up in the morning, the first night I check is Facebook, adding people that I have never met. <laughs> Just add friends, add friends, add friends, go and read comments. Because for me, it was a, a new thing, like have, having to, to hear the voices of other people through like a, a mobile device. People are expressing themselves, what they think about issues, what they think, what they think about certain topics they could so I, 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 I was loving it every morning I just the first thing I do is check for Facebook what's happening then I also comment sometimes then after some time I, I, I kind of realized that my mornings which I used to use for worship I, my, my mornings I used to use to read the word of God I was literally dividing my morning into two or into three and giving two thirds of, of that time to Facebook and to Instagram then what I realized was this is a small idol, which is going into a big idol. And I, and I believe for most of us, we have our own things that we love to do. It, it could be football, soccer, rugby, superstars, just want to know what's happening. Uh, it, it, it could even be news, want to see what's happening in the world, and probably the time you, you, could, you could use. I think for the past month, every morning, I, I normally have my devotion in, in the bus from uh, Albany bus station to, to where I work. For about two or three days, I was so tensed about uh, finding a house. Instead of using that time to read my Bible and to have some good time with God, I started looking for a house in the morning. I was like, oh, two-bedroom house, 450, 470, 480, there's no furniture. How do I get a furniture into the room? These are things, these are 
practical things. These are things that can easily take our attention, take our time, take our energy, instead of shifting our energy to God. So one morning, I was, whilst I was looking for a house, then I, 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 I heard the voice of, of the Lord telling me that, are you not, are you not my child? And I said, yes, of course, I'm your child. Can't you see I go to church every Sunday morning? Yeah. <laughs> so then he said, what about your daughter? I said, yes, she's my child. I said, do you think that she worries about anything when she knows you and her mom are there for her? I'm like, well, I've never really thought of it like this. I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking that I can f- figure out things myself, at least look for a house myself. And he said, I am your father. And the same way your daughter has no worry because he knows you are there. She, she, she knows the mom is there, so she doesn't worry about what she's going to do tomorrow, whether she'll get food, whatever will happen. Just trust me. And then he pointed out this picture. I'm sure some people have gone for this. I don't know the name. People stand, uh, stay in a plane and they jump off with a rope. Uh, bungee jump, yes. It's like people trust a rope that this rope will, will not break. How much more my child? I am the creator of all things. Why don't you just trust me? And I was just blown away by this, by, by this picture, and I, and I just said, I'm just going to trust you. And I think that the Lord has proved himself faithful in that regard. Okay. <laughs> so I believe for the past three weeks, we've been blessed by, by, by this wonderful word of God. This morning, we want to talk about he who has not sworn deceitfully. He who has not sworn deceitfully. But just before we, we, we go into that, I want us to see a particular tool for swearing deceitfully. I know there are several ways you can swear deceitfully. You can use your pen to add a few zeros if you are an accountant person or you are a finance person. You can just change two into four, four into five, all these things. Yes. But then we just want to look at the tongue because I think that's the, the easiest way most people kind of get inf- information from, from one place to the other or from one person to the other. So the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, Proverbs 18, 21, yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So the verse specifically says that there is some level of power that God has embedded in our tongues, the same tongues that we, we can use to deceive someone, the same tongue that we can use to lie, the same tongue that we use to worship God, the same tongues that we use to pray for others. So this is this instrument which has all this power and God has embedded, embedded it in, in us. James chapter 3 verse 2 to 6 talks about the, the power the tongue has and its ability to control the entire human body. So if the tongue is 
this powerful or if the tongue has this much power, we just want to go back to the, to the verse and we want to ask. Because from the verse, Psalm 24, verse 3 to, to, to 4 says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? So, uh, so, so, so the question, we want to rephrase the question and say, Who shall be qualified and who have the password to access the throne room of God? And one of the passwords this morning is who has, the, the person who has not used his tongue deceitfully, the person who has not used the power of his tongue deceitfully, use his tongue to lie, use his tongue to say that which is not true, or to also give, to say flattering words which will lead people uh, into ungodly things. There was this sermon I, I, I watched this week and, and the pastor was saying that no one has ever argued with themselves before. I don't know if anyone has argued with themselves. Like, hey, you, why did you do this in the mirror? I, I, I don't think anyone does that. In, in the morning, you, you look into the mirror and you ask yourself, hey, why are you smiling at me? It's always with a different person. So our integrity, I see it as a byproduct of our interaction with the next person. So the next person could be our partner, could be our colleague, could be our church member, could be our church leader, could be anyone, our children. The power of the tongue. So as I, as I said initially, when people hear of you as a Christian, they kind of have this expectation, especially when it comes to being truthful, when it comes to being frank and saying things the way they are. They, they are looking up to the one who calls himself the child of God, the one who is, who is the light of this world, to shine like the light of this world, to be the salt to this world, and they are looking out for someone whose word they can, they can trust, someone who will not say one thing and then the next moment say another thing. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says that, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance and race, sorry, perseverance, the race marked out for us. For me, I see telling lies or not being truthful is one of the easiest things that we can find ourselves doing. Because I think as human beings, mostly we put the feelings of others, our friends, our partners, our children first. So even if we know the truth, we don't want to say, say it just as it is because we feel it will, it will hurt the feelings of our, of our friends of, or, or, the, or the people around us. But then have we ever considered how does it make God feel? 
if your son is happy and God is not happy, how does it make you feel? If everyone says, oh, this is a good guy, this is a nice person, your colleagues are happy because you help them forge one document that makes the CEO look good, or you help them, as Pastor Seth said a few weeks ago, help a shipment that is for someone else to be given to another person that you, you look good. Have we ever asked ourselves, how does God feel about this? Does, he make, does it make God happy to say, yes, this is my son? There's a, a testimony where the enemy was just walking around and he found himself in heaven. I, I still struggle to, 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 to understand how the devil was able to find himself in, 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 in heaven among the children of God. And God asked him a question. What are you looking for here? I mean, where have you been? And he said, oh, I've just going to and fro on the earth. And God asked him, have you seen my servant Job? This, this topic brought, a, like, we had a Bible study back in my country. It was a big argument. It's like, why would God even mention Job? But then God had seen something special about Job. God has seen that Job was a man of integrity, a man who knew him not because of the things he has blessed him with, but because of who he knows God to be. He was a man who was not deceitful, a, a man who was true to his word, a man who used what God has given him, was appreciative of these things. And the devil said, yes, I know him. I, I, I don't know... If God asks the devil, do you know Abraham or Abraham? I don't know the response the devil gives to God. Like, maybe I, I know him. I've been seeing him on the bus every morning. Yeah, but yes, I know him. This morning, I just want us to challenge ourselves. If God wants to ask us or wants to ask anyone, the angels, do you know this daughter, this son of mine? What report will this angel give in terms of integrity? Would the angel say, yeah, kind of, I, I know her, I, I know him, but in terms of integrity, I don't know this person. I've met people who lie to the extent that they lie even to themselves. So when we were in high school, uh, high school, one of our teachers said, if you don't know, and you don't know that you don't know, it is a problem. I don't know if it, if it makes sense. So if you don't know something, but then you are not aware that you don't know that thing, then it is a problem. It means you are able to lie not to just other people, but you are able to lie to yourself, even though you don't know. But I believe that this morning there's grace available. If, if by any means we found ourselves in situations where we've been pushed, we've been, we've been put in a position, or, or we've put ourselves in a position where we cannot just tell the, the truth about certain issues, I believe that this is why God is speaking to us this morning, that as we sang this morning, his arms are open wide. He's willing to accept us just as we are but then he's also willing to 
tell us the right thing and make us new people. So how do we show integrity in our words? I think I've, I've, I've jumped, I've jumped a, a few notes, but I think it would be fine. <laughs> how do we show integrity in our words? Saying what we mean and meaning what we say. Which, for me, sometimes it's very difficult because of my background. Because in, in, in Africa, mostly if you're a child, you are kind of forced to be humble, forced not to kind of always say what it is exactly the way it is. And I think I've, I've, I've seen some of this evidence as well where we put other people's feelings ahead of oh, how this person feel. But then I believe that although people might criticize you, people might point hands or fingers at you, that, oh, this person is a snitch, this person is the one who sold us out, this person is a person who said this thing. I was telling Pastor Seth this, I think, last week, that when the same people are looking for somebody they can trust, they will say, oh, there's this guy. You, you remember this guy who we all said it's he, he or she was the bad person at that time? We can trust this person. I, I, I've seen several examples of those where the same people who said this person is a bad person come back to say, I, I know if I'm looking for someone I can trust with my secret, I can trust someone with this particular business, this particular idea, I can talk to this person. Why? Because some time ago, you said what you meant and you meant what you said. The second point, so, we, so we've, we've, we've said that saying what you mean and meaning what you say. The second point is keeping quiet when you know the truth is the same as not being truthful. Not saying anything and acting like everything is fine is the same as saying that, yes, I support this thing. Not talking doesn't excuse us from, from, from being truthful. I find that in, at least in my office, there are several issues that when, when it comes up, I find myself not talking because I know that I might be unpopular if I say the truth. So I, I don't know whether I'm forced or I force myself not to speak about it at all because I feel that if I say this particular thing, it might make people un, unhappy. But then, the one question that we want to ask ourselves is, does it please God? How does it make God feel? Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, when I was hungry, you did not give me food. When I was, I was not having clothes, you did not give me clothes. And I think, I don't know whether it was Peter or but one of the disciples asked, but Lord, when were you hungry, and when did you not have clothes? And he said, because you have not done unto your brother, you have not done the same for me. God has created every human in his own image, believer or unbeliever. So when there's something that could have saved someone, when there's something that you could have said that could help someone, and you hold that in 
information, you are the same as the person who told that person a lie. And you're not just doing it to that person, but then you are doing it to God. It's the same as telling God a lie. I don't believe any of us would want to lie to God. I think it's something that I wouldn't want to do. Go before God and say, oh, God, I'll do this for you. When we know that in our hearts we'll not do. So keeping quiet when you know the truth is the same as not being truthful. Our last point. What we say defines us more than our titles. Your words are taken more seriously than being called a minister of God, a doctor, whatever, a chief accountant, whatever. People appreciate titles, people appreciate names, but then people look at uh, people look at words, people look at your actions, people look at how you deal with people. It's, I think I, I find it more prominent in New Zealand where people trust the word of other people. I was, look, my first job in, in New Zealand, it was not because I was qualified for the job, but because someone had known me for a month and said, oh, I know, I know this guy. He comes here every morning, so it's evident that he's a, a serious guy. So give him this job, give him that, that job. So if even men, we, we, we hold our people to their word, if we, if we define people by their actions and by their words, I believe it's the same when it, when it comes to being a child of God. People are looking at not just carrying the title a Christian, not carrying the title, oh, I speak in the Holy Spirit, I can heal people, I can, I can do this, I can prophesy, but then people are looking at, can we trust this person? Are your actions evident of your title? Yesterday afternoon, I, I was a bit sad because, I don't know, for one reason or, or, or the other, Every great man of God that I've heard about, especially in my country, there's always one person who comes to say something bad about them. Oh, I, I knew him some years ago. He did this to me. Probably he was a, a businessman at the time. He did that to me. He did this to me. I went with him to this place and blah, blah, blah. And I was, I was just like, so it means even as children of God, with our, apart from church and apart from other things we do, we should kind of be careful about how we deal with people. Because maybe today the person might be happy with you because you've helped the person with a lie or with something. But then the same person tomorrow, if you are up there, be like, oh, don't mind this guy, don't mind that guy speaking on radio, speaking on television. I, I know him. And the only reason the person knows you is because of that word, that lie you spoke, that signature that you signed, that forged document that you, 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 you helped him to, 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 to forge. To end this morning's message, I would like us to consider these few thoughts. It's kind of a, a summary of what we've, we've done for the past few weeks. I believe that 
Integrity is not a social or ethical issue. I believe integrity is a matter of the heart because the word of God says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And I also believe that out of the abundance of the heart, the body acts or the mind acts. So if you see someone misbehaving, it is what is in their heart. If you see someone humble, it is out of the abundance of what is in their heart. Although having integrity is difficult and most likely would make you unpopular, (laughs) the most important thing is that it pleases God. It makes God happy. It makes God proud. I believe we all want God to smile at us. Ah, this is my daughter. This is my son. Wonderful son. Wonderful daughter. Integrity is a password. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Who has the password to enter into the throne room of God? Who has the certificate to say that I am qualified to come before God? He who has a clean heart. He who has clean hands, a pure heart. He who has only lifted up his soul to vanity or, or idols. And he who has not sworn deceitfully. How easy is it to be a man or a woman of integrity? It is difficult. But then the word of God says that I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send the comforter, your helper, the Holy Spirit. I believe this morning the Holy Spirit is happy. He is happy to help us, give us a grace to be men and women of integrity. God bless us this morning for the patience to hear his word. Shall we pray? Our Lord and Master Jesus, we thank you once again because you are a faithful God. We thank you because anytime you give us a tax, you also give us a way and you also give us the help and the support we need. We thank you that for the past four weeks you've spoken to us about the value of integrity, how important integrity is to us as your children. We believe that and we know that Your presence is here this morning to help us. Your presence is here this morning to enable us to be men and women of integrity. So we thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you for your word. We pray that even as we we go out for the week or throughout this week, make us men and women of integrity, men who stand by our words, men who will not lift our hearts to idols, men who would have clean hearts, men who would have a pure heart and clean hands, that at the end of the day we thank you because you have given us grace. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen.